failure is just a state of mind. And if we can undo the emotional triggers around that, that make you feel gut punched, guess what? You're going to attract more of what you really want, which is not failure. It's success. Failing. 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 I know. When we talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Listeners, I'm really proud and privileged to share with you my friend, Julie Conrad, who is also my intuitive healer. She's a Reiki master and teacher and a medium. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Sarah. I'm so happy you're here, too. I was sent you that text this morning about how excited I was. I know. I'm super excited. I've been looking forward to it for a couple of weeks now. It's awesome. All right, Julie, uh, tell us about where you grew up, a little bit about your background. Like, mm-hmm. just share you. Okay. So, well, I grew up in Northern Ohio in a small little community, Mansfield, Ohio, but I grew up like in Lucas. Mm-hmm. Did I you didn't not know, know you were in Mansfield, Ohio. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I grew up there and then came and went to UC and I have actually a marketing and management degree. For listeners outside of Cincinnati, that's University of Cincinnati. Okay. Yes. So I moved down here and I just have stayed because I love it. Um, I had this amazing corporate career in sales that I loved. It wasn't that I didn't like my career, but um, I had a lot of health issues. I was really sick when I was a teenager. At 16, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and just struggled for 14 years, not I kind of felt like I had the flu most mornings. It was not wow. great. Yeah. And so and, I got and back then, back then, what was the response? What was the treatment? Well, there was no treatment drugs, which I wouldn't take. Right. And so for me, when I moved down here to the big city, as my mom said, right? When I moved to the big city, I found acupuncture and more Eastern based oh. medicine. And I started feeling better. Like I could function at a very high level. And I continued to do that until, well, I guess into my 30s, right? But really what changed for me was I met my mentor when I was 29 and I was struggling with infertility, like a lot of women do. And my dear mother said, would you like to come see this lady that you knew growing up? She She's into all that woo-woo stuff. And I said, I love woo-woo stuff, of course. So do I. And so she put her hands on me and I'm not joking. It was like a shot of lightning went through me and tears started coming down my cheeks. And she looked at me and she goes, you're supposed to be a healer in this life. And I looked at her and I go, hey, I have this great corporate job and I make really good money. And I have like, I don't know, this great life all planned out. And it does not include that. But I knew what she said was the truth, you know? So did you, so did you ever feel those gifts at younger? Like can yes, you, yes. when do you remember the first time that you had that gift? Well, I, I kind of thought everyone saw like more than what they saw. I didn't realize that I was the only one who saw like spirit or, you know, a, a, an angel. I just, I don't know. It was always kind of there. And I was a very outdoorsy kid growing up. Like we had three acres and I I just was always out there singing and playing, but 
I just assumed other people saw what I saw, but no one did. So after you get told that that's not real long enough, yeah. you just kind of shut it down. So did I did your parents I, ever like, do they remember no, any of that? No, no. Um, that's not really mm -mm, part no. of their <laughs> vernacular. No, it's not. Yeah. And yeah. Do you know if there's any other family members, like relatives who have these gifts? No. no. Okay. So I believe, I'll digress for a second, just in my medium training of late, I think that you're either born with it or you have a near-death experience and mediumship kind of develops. So as far as that gift, I think I've always had, you know, the gift of love for people. Like, I just love people. And that's what really heals people is just giving them love, right? Love is the frequency of healing. So I think that is like what I bring into this world. Like I truly see people for who they really are and their inner sparkle, no matter what choices they've made, I can see past that to them. And so to love someone at their core is what helps them heal, right? Um, so I, I think, you know, I was really sick as a little girl um, at five, I almost died. And then at 16, I was hospitalized for a week with this, you know, when I started getting sick with fibromyalgia, which started as mono crazy enough. Um, don't kiss a boy on vacation. That's my advice. Um, <laughs> that one kiss changed the whole chart of my life. Um, thank you universe. Uh, oh, that's right. So, that's right. Yeah. Right. But long story short, I had this energy session with her, my mentor at 29 on a Thursday. And on Saturday, I conceived my daughter. And it changed the course of the rest of my life. Nice. I started studying everything possible on spirituality, on healing modalities. I was reading voraciously every book I could get my hands on. I started studying under her. She lived in Denver at the time. So I would fly out there. How did classes. your mom find her? Well, funny story. She used to live in Mansfield and she is an artist. And she taught me watercolors in seventh grade, like private lessons, because I love art as well. Art and healing are kind of same, same, different, right? As we say in Chinese medicine. <laughs> um, so I started studying and I studied and then I started putting my hands on people and doing the work that I do. And people were like, why are you not doing this for a living? I'm like, cause I don't know how to do this for a living. I have this great corporate job in sales that I love. And eventually I just thought, oh, man, I gotta like, I gotta make the leap. So I did what I tell everyone not to do. And I made a deal with God. And I said, if you let me make double what I've ever made before, which was a lot of money, I'll quit. Mm -hmm. I said that to God and I made exactly double plus $4,000 the next year. And my entire sales funnel fell apart. I went on the sales award trip to Puerto Rico and I came home and I quit my job. No <laughs> my darling boss was amazing. And she goes, wait a minute. I knew you were healing everybody in the office, but I didn't think you were going to leave. <laughs> But I was out. And so I just literally jumped off the edge with like four paying clients. And I started a practice and that has been eight years ago. I cannot believe that. So when you started the practice, was mm -hmm. it mostly healing touch, Reiki yeah. work? Yeah. Absolutely. So Because it, so when it, I saw you for the first time, wow, I want to say that was three and a half years ago. Probably, yes. You were just starting the mediumship training. And I remember yeah, you yeah. said to me, and then subsequently after that, I, I heard an interview on Goop, the Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast yes, for yes. this woman who was a medium 
And she was talking about the intense double blind uh, yeah, yeah. certification. What is that? Yes, Can you yes. explain that to I, yes, listeners? Yes. So that's part of the Forever Family um, Foundation. So there are there's a foundation that helps grieving parents. Okay. Interesting enough, this ties full circle to how I got to medium training. Um, but that she's talking about some testing that you can do as a medium to get certified with forever family. Um, also there's a certification for mediums to make sure you're going to a reputable evidential medium, because there is a difference. There's different types of mediums. Um, evidential is where, you know, how I'll give you facts about your loved one you know, height, hair color, what they look like, maybe their job, whatever details to, to verify that I have your person rather than fishing and asking you questions, right? No questions. I don't ask questions. I just say, do you understand that? Right. So, yeah. so she's talking about the certification process and forever family is they help people who families who have lost usually a child, a loved one, that's a child and you can go to a retreat and then they have mediums at the retreat. Um, And I had actually sent several of my clients to one of those retreats and they came back and said, we, we think you sent us because we needed to meet Joe Scheele, who is my mentor now. And so they hooked me up with him. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yes. It's amazing how source works everything out for us, for our highest good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was just starting that training program. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, it's amazing yeah. how the source works everything out for our highest good. Is that what you said? Yeah. I yes. So maybe define what source means mm-hmm. for you. So for me, source is God. I want to honor everybody's version of that. It's the source of all. So to me, that's God. I was raised. Um, in the Baptist religion. So I would say that that is the quintessential God, but I believe that it is to, I say source a lot because for me, it is from everything. Everything comes from God. So when I say source, it's a sense of reverence of thank you for everything you've given me. Like you are the source of everything, of all the beauty of all, all things created, including me. And so that's a lot of times I refer to God as source or the, you know, you'll hear people call it the universe, the universe, yeah, the divine beloved, like lots of names. I love, I'm really into the term, the source, but I also read a great book called the source. I don't Mm. know if you've read it by Dr. Tara Swart, but it's all around, uh, neuroplasticity and the science behind manifestation and, she's, she was an, I think a neurosurgeon or some type of physician Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and recognized that the medical profession had a huge disconnect between healing, like what you're talking Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. and modern medicine. So anyway, it's a fascinating book. Okay. So the, so source, when you talk about that, so can you share, cause I think, and something I'm always trying to figure out, how do I get connected with the source and how do I work in tandem with the source for my highest self? That's a great question. I think that every, we have to remember every thought we have is really an order to source. So the best every thought we have is an, as an in, in order, order to, 
what is an order and like a order. request it's our thoughts are our request or our prayers if you were raised in religion we call them prayers but if we truly believe that god knows every thought we have because we are part of god because we came from god we are the image right created in the image then um every thought we have is an order to god of what we want and what if those, uh, how, how do you then censor those thoughts? Because some of those thoughts might not be for our best self, for our highest Ab- self. Absolutely. I, everybody struggles with racing thoughts. I use affirmations a lot as a centering way with really concentrated thought on the affirmation. So maybe I, well, not maybe for the last three years, I am enough has been a huge, maybe four now, a huge mantra for me. I got to tell you, I do feel like I'm enough after saying that and writing. And how did you know that you needed, wanted, or should start saying I am enough? Was there something going on that you recognized you, you weren't believing that you were enough? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For me. And you know, it's a subconscious mind that that plays that message. It's not a, if you were to ask me consciously, like, do you think you're enough? I'd be like, of course, but the subconscious sabotages us because it's really what's in control of the thoughts and kind of the vibration that we're putting out. And I think for me, I wanted kind of a bit of an upgrade, but I was holding myself back and it was feelings of being unworthy at some level that I had to hustle to be worthy. Yeah. And really I wanted to rest in I'm enough just as I am without hustling, without playing Wonder Woman. I am worthy of the love, the attention, the all the good things in life, all the abundance that there is without hustle, just because I am. It's enough. Like I'm enough just because I exist. That so, was the shift. So those daily affirmations, this is mm-hmm. going to be more of a tactical question. That's fine. That's fine. So did you like have a journal or how, what was your uh, yeah. reminder to go to those <laughs> affirmations? Yes, I do. I have a she journal. She just put up that- her two journals. <laughs> I have two journals. Um, Cause one is just not enough for me. Um, I, every morning get up and I start my day the same way. I am very ritualistic, like about this. And my girls even know, so I have two daughters and they know if mommy is still sitting there journaling, it's time for us to just entertain ourselves for a minute, right? Like that's sacred time. But I get up and I make my cup of tea and breakfast and I sit and I journal usually three pages in my journal. Wow. Um, I did the artist way by Julia Cameron a long time ago. I don't know that. I don't know. What okay. That is. okay. Oh, it's a fantastic book that changed my life. So the artist's way is a 12 week journey that Julia Cameron, who's an amazing artist wrote about getting back in touch with your inner artist and it creates joy. It may, it's what I did right before I quit my corporate job. I didn't say that, but I did that. And I was like, I have to quit. Um, I have to follow my dream. It's very inspiring, but she talks about morning pages. Now I've been journaling since I was 16. And this gave me a little bit of structure to it. So every morning I try to write three pages, but I start each page with three affirmations written three times each. I know it makes me kind of sound OCD. I realize as I'm saying no, that, no, but, no. but 
There's something about the number three that's magical to me. One is my favorite number. And if you have multiple threes, what could be better than that? So I write in my journal every day, three different affirmations, three times each. So I've been writing, I am enough literally three times a day for probably four years in my journal daily. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about some, I want to share firsthand experience of the work that you've helped me with both on the mediumship side and also the Reiki cord cutting side. So Great. it's funny, uh, listeners, Julie helped me do some cord cutting. So many of you know that I got a divorce and it's hard, right? And there's still attachments there. And so Julie was like, I think we need to do some cord cutting. Of course, I'm like, I don't know what that is, but yes, I'm game. So I'm going to hand it over to you and you explain, but let me tell you, I don't understand it, but it worked. So that's all that, yeah. Oh, that makes me so matter happy. Matter to me. I just, when it we end work. relationships, we still have cords between us energetically speaking. So especially in a love kind of match, we have definitely a heart cord, but there's other cords, right? At the head, maybe in our gut, right? We get that gut punch feeling from that person. Like our limbic system gives us that ugh, feeling, um, maybe sexuality cords, right? maybe they made us feel grounded. And so maybe there's cords to our root chakra and we don't even feel grounded without them, right? They were our source of security. So this procedure that I do with Reiki is you use um, some guided visualization with the energy work to sever those cords and send them off for their highest good and you for your mm -hmm. highest good, because we don't want to ever wish anything negative on anybody, but we no. also don't have to feed them our energy. So what happens oftentimes is when we're not in that relationship, we're still feeding them our energy. So we may feel fatigue, we may feel tearful, we may feel overwhelmed by our emotions that we can't move on. And I mean, not, not to be discouraging to any of the men here, because I love men as well, but women, tend to keep an energy imprint from a man for up to six months after we've been with them. Whereas men, it tends to be a month or less. It's just, it's just why you hear about crazy women who can't move on. It's really, there's an energetic thing to it. So I find when I help people cord cut, you know, you can obviously regrow the cords by thinking about the person and sending them a lot of energy, but it really, like you said, it, it's very freeing. It frees it your free. energy. Now, it, it wasn't necessarily easy. So no. listeners, uh, this is what's a, kind of amazing about this is that it's nothing that you can see. It's all what you can feel. So when Julie was walking me through the head, the heart, the gut, the I think the head and the heart was the hardest too for me. For sure. Right? And when she started to go into the heart piece, I was in a really like good place that day. I think I even said to you like, I I have all my tears out. I'm not emotional today and blah, blah, you blah. Did. The second she starts it, I literally was bawling. Remember that? Remember yes, that? I do. I do. I feel, you know, lots of people cry in my office, but yes, court cutting <laughs> is hard. Like, it is. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. And you're like, okay, if it's not gonna be today, and then I was like, no, F it, I'm doing it. <laughs> you and were we did determined. It. I yes. was determined uh, because I do, I do want the best for myself and for him. And I don't want to put any more energy into that. And I think we have a choice, right? We do. Remember our so thoughts then become things. Become, so. Yeah. 
We have to like stop and that process. We have to stop that process. And I also love that you were like, you know, you're probably gonna be a little tired for the next couple of days, but by Monday you should feel great. That was on a Friday. I think I felt great by Sunday, actually. Oh, that's wonderful. Yay. I know. I know. So that's that's that cord cutting thing. Is there anything is. people could do on their own for that cord cutting piece? Or is it simply an awareness of the energy that you give people? Is it about stopping that energy flow? Yes, I think I think anytime we become conscious to something that we're doing, you know, quantum physics says like our thoughts affect everything. So just by being conscious, hmm, I I choose not to send them my energy anymore. I choose to release them for their highest good. Now, I got to tell you, listeners, don't be wishing bad things on people, right? Like, yeah. It, it really is most effective when you can feel gratitude for something positive that came out of that. Maybe just that you're a stronger person, right? right? But letting them go with this sense of gratitude that I had this experience, it served me in some way or I wouldn't have had it, and now I'm right. done with it, right? And it, also, we chose it. Like, we did. I, I had a friend say that, like, I chose him as a partner. So mm -hmm. I'm like, hello, 50-50 there. Like... Yeah, and yeah. just because you choose them Just because it didn't work out. Yes, yes. It's, so interesting enough, uh, this will tie into the medium piece. My mother passed away uh, six months ago, and our relationship has I changed. Didn't know that. Yeah, it was oh. a really difficult, it was a really difficult period of time for me. So um, she passed away, and five days later, I, I uh, went to divorce trial. So I feel you on the divorce. Um, oh. It was just a really intense time, but I have to yeah. say that our relationship has evolved into this kind of magical relationship where I sit in meditation and she comes and sits with me and we talk and we exchange ideas and she tells me all kinds of things that I feel like, well, duh, why didn't I think of that kind of, but I had asked her about a certain relationship that I was in and she said, honey, humans always wanna think in finite terms but nothing is finite. That is duality in itself. Nothing's forever. She said, so you'd be better off to think today I choose this. And if, yeah. if they choose this, we're together. The minute that one person in a relationship makes a choice that doesn't honor the other person's path, then you choose to part ways. Yeah, that was so liberating to me. She was like, every day you just choose. And if it doesn't, it doesn't have to be forever to make you happy. It could be like that right now you're getting what you need and then later you get what you need with someone else. And that was just, it was so I profound to me. And so like, well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I also, I also love that although your mom isn't here on earth, you mm -hmm. still have that relationship with her. And I love that too. I am working on embracing that with my mom and mm -hmm. she brings me like, awesome nature, uh, really cool situations. I and I got a, a really cool nature experience when I was out of town this past weekend and I was texting my sister about it on my flight home. And she said to me, mom was always your person, even now. Oh. And I was like, oh my God, she's right. And I, the first thing I thought was gratitude. And then I hope everybody in this world 
has their person. Maybe yes. it's a grandparent, maybe it was an aunt, whoever. Maybe mm -hmm. it is their mom or their best friend. Mm -hmm. But I still, I felt her presence that day as if she was here. Do you know uh, what I mean? I 100% and I, know. And I'm not a seer, I'm not a medium. I don't, I don't have that gift, but I think everybody can. You can always connect. Can there, your people, we like to think of them as so far away and they're literally right next to you. Like they're yeah. literally, their energy is right next to you. It's so, it's like pushing through a door. It's that close. And they are doing their best to get through to everybody. Like, we love you. We love you so much, you know? Like, yeah, yeah they just, they're supporting you and cheer. It's like a, having your own cheerleading squad all the time. It's fantastic. I love that. So what's been the coolest, or it, I, I'm trying to think of a question that like an audience member would really want to know. And mm -hmm. I think, what's the number one question people ask you? You'll probably know this. What's the number one thing they ask you about mediumship? Like, how do you oh, see them? Oh, about mediumship. You know? yeah, yeah, I, I think, think most mediumship. people ask like, what what do they look like? What do my people look like? What my, what do my loved ones right. appear like? And so my answer to that is, it's very interesting to me because clairvoyance is my strongest Claire, if you will, right? What, do, what does that mean? What does so that let mean? me, yeah, let me pause and explain. So all of your senses, um, when we use the word Claire, it means it's like psychic part. So clairvoyance would be sight for the other side. Clairaudience would be that I hear the other side talking. Um, clairgustance would be I can taste tastes that they give me. Um, and there's a smell one, and I don't know, I always make a joke that Claire Smellian, so I don't even know the technical <laughs> word. Um, and then there's like proprioception where they'll take me places and show me things like your childhood home. Like they'll take me to a house that they went to or a vacation. I'll be on the beach with them at a specific place. Like oh it's really incredible. So all of those senses, out of all of them, I would say clairvoyance, sight, Claire knowing where I just know things that they put in inside my head and people are like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't just know. know. And then proprioception. I love to go places with them. I think it's the travel bug in me. Um, but when I look at them on the other side, they comment in different ways. So uh, many times they'll show up at an age that they felt best. So oh. let's say it's your grandma, but she looks like she's like in her 30s and she's got like a dress on and her high heels and she's got her red lipstick on and, you know, her hair's all done to the nine. Yeah. I'm describing her and the person's like, I have no idea. I have who no that idea. Is, right. And so then I'll say to the grandma and I'll say, hey, I'm thinking this is not the age you were when you passed. And they laugh and then they show up as grandma, right? I'm like, oh, I see white hair, a little bit of a slump. You know, she's got a cane now. Like, you know, she's got congestive heart failure. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah. that's my grandma. But I wouldn't have known her when she was 30, but I did see pictures and that is how she looks. So, but then as I talk with them, you know, it's more like an energy exchange. The best way I know how to say it is it's almost like being a PVC pipe where all of their energy and love starts to flow through me back into their person. So it's fueled okay. by both sides. So the more like you talk and understand them, the more it fuels the love between you guys, which is what helps me think of it as you guys are the battery to yes. help me like yes. be able to see it and hear it. But that's how they look. Now when my mom comes, 
she's kind of just golden light to me and the mm. golden light presses on my forehead we we touch forehead to forehead and then her hand on my heart and we just sit like that now because I don't need to see her because I know her. When your mom walks in the room, you know it's your mom, whether you're looking at the door or not, right? I yeah. know her. But for people that I don't know, I usually see them just like you would have seen them. A lot of times I can describe an outfit that's in a photograph that you have or like a standard, you know, it wasn't their uniform, but they always had on suspenders and a white shirt and jeans, right? Like in clunky yeah. shoes. Well, that's kind of their uniform. Um, yeah. So that people can recognize their people, right? Uh, when we were talking about that double blind study earlier, mm -hmm. did we mm -hmm. finish that? Oh, we kind did of we touched on it and then it- Yeah, it kind because of, so, I think this is really important for people to know because mm -hmm. in order to be certified, mm -hmm. what did, to get your certification, explain that double blind study. So I am, uh, just to be clear, I am not officially certified. I have one more year of training to go yes. with my mentor. Um, out of New York that I've been doing. Um, but I, I have a really good time doing it. Um, but the double blind would be like, if I was giving a reading and it was for someone you knew, but I'm giving you the reading and you don't know them. And then it's recorded and then it has to be verified. You don't know their them and they don't know you and I don't know you and I don't know them, right? Like, Got so it's it. double, it's not yes. even that I'm sitting with you where I could read your energy <sighs> or your like people that are around you, right? Because I get a lot of energy from you and I can tell a lot of things about you and you have to go through psychic realm to get to medium, mediums beyond psychic. And so oh, it's, you why? have- Why? Because everyone has psychic ability. Everyone has intuition, right? Intuition, okay, psychic okay. ability. Everyone has intuition. Psychic gets a bad rap, right? But it's the same thing. Yeah, I think everybody does have that gut so instinct. Everybody sure. has that. Everybody gets a deja vu moment or a hit or a gut reaction or your hair stands up on the back of your neck when you're in an alley and somebody steps out, right? Like that's your intuition. Mm -hmm. Everybody has that. One step beyond that in the research is there's a lot of research going on at universities around it, um, is that a different part of your brain actually activates. So oh. if the average person is using seven to 10% of their brain, a medium might be using 12. Like it's a literally a different really? section that is activated that lets you use all those clairs. It's very interesting. So you have to go through psychic. So the double blind purpose is that there's no, I mean, psychic, I'm connected to you, but I'm reading for someone else. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Okay. All right. I just wanted to, because I yeah. always knew that there was something really amazing about that, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah. It, there's no way that you could know. Everybody's blind to who is being read. Yeah. So now really... this, this is called failing forward and we haven't yeah. really talked about any of your failures only because <laughs> I just wanted you on here regardless. <laughs> um, so any any um, maybe tips from a, a Reiki standpoint or Eastern mm. medicine standpoint or, you know, around sure. failure and how to overcome that? I think failure brings so many emotions. One, it's your perception that you failed. You might yeah. be succeeding, right? I mean, I would like to think that my failures, most of them have turned into huge successes, right? But yeah. 
I think that there's a lot of emotions that get wrapped around that. And it's the emotions. A lot of attachments. Yes. It's attachment and it's ego. The only thing that makes you think you failed is ego. Right. Your higher self doesn't think you're failing. It thinks you're doing amazing. Right. It's just a different choice. Right. And somebody else's decisions sometimes make you feel like a failure, right? In the case of like a failed marriage, maybe maybe we feel like the failure that the marriage is over, but really it's probably for our highest good in the long run and theirs so that you can both be happier. But you can't see that when you're in the thick of it. I think when we start to detach from it's a failure and look at it as, hmm, this is an interesting thing that is happening to me. I'm going to really deal with the emotions rather than get trapped in the emotional attachment to I failed, right? Because the emotions tend to be what people do all kinds of things, right? For to feel a certain way or to not feel a certain way, right? We numb sure. out, um, right. we, we do all kinds of things. So if we can deal with that component, it really is going to help you move forward and realize it's, it's probably an opportunity everything's an opportunity in life, but also to maybe not feel like you're trapped in a state of failing. So I love to do emotional release work with clients. I think it's super effective. And we've done a lot of that in your sessions, especially with the cord cutting, releasing the emotions that tie you to that state of mind. Failure is just a state of mind. And if we can undo the emotional triggers around that, that make you feel gut punched, guess what? you're like free, lighter, higher vibration. You're going to attract more of what you really want, which is not failure, it's success, right? You're going to be way more prone to attract what you actually want rather than kind of this mucky mire of emotions that come with that perceived failure. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And yes. (laughs) Good. I... I can't even, I want to keep going for another 45 minutes, but our time is up and I can't even believe it. Uh, Listeners, we are going to have Julie's information, uh, obviously in our notes and on posts, but Julie, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for helping me. And and if our connector that got me with you is listening to this, I want to say a big thank you to her too. So absolutely. I appreciate that. So great to spend time with you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian, Donica, and the team at Gwyn Sound. Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod. 